Hello, everyone, and welcome to MFIS Plus. That stands for Moving Forward in Success. We are a new podcast, community, and movement, all designed to enhance and benefit people's lives on a personal and societal level. You can contact us through Twitter at MFIS Plus. That's M-F-I-S-P-L-U-S. And if you'd like to support us, you can follow us on Twitter and join our Discord server. I'm your host, Bliss, and today we have our special guest, Jean Piero. Hello, Bliss. Hello, everyone. This is Jean Piero. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Yes, uh, I was uh, born in Peru. I grew up in Peru until I was 14. My family decided to move to the U.S. when I was 14. And I grew up in California. Then... uh, at the time when I was eight, 19, I uh, was very religious. I was uh, very active in my church. I served a two-year mission in Texas. And then later on, I got married after, uh, a few years after that. I have three beautiful children. And uh, when I was 32, I joined the U.S. Army, and I ended up in combat in 2010 for 10 months. I was in Afghanistan. And years after I came back, I... I started to feel really sad, really depressed. I guess that's the word. And, uh, and I went to ask for help. And uh, I spoke to a therapist for about 10 months, every two weeks. And uh, now in hindsight, what I realized that what the therapist did for me, it, it wasn't that he gave me any tips. He, he listened to me and he allowed me to speak. And, and the more I spoke, the more I listened to myself and I realized that it was up to me to, to, impo- to, to become empowered. And it was just speaking and listening to me are so powerful. And I'm a huge proponent of people speaking, speaking and talking and articulating whatever they're feeling. And the moment you're able to articulate your feelings, the moment you're able to articulate your pain, your suffering, your trauma, then you are able to lift that burden that you have and you're able to move through the world with ease and you're able to deal with your your problems and your life uh and and it's so much e- i, I want to say easier but it's just it, it it's so much better so here i am having a conversation with bliss because i believe that this is how we are able to ask better questions uh through through speaking through articulated speech and and, and i love speaking i love uh, conversations and this is why i'm here I think you have such a cool story. It's so interesting to me, like, hearing... I've never been outside of the U.S. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it's just... It's so crazy to me, because I can only imagine what another country is like. Like, you know, there's... I guess there's no way to really tell what it's like until you experience it, I'm sure. Right. Um, that is so true. Like I said, when I was 14, my family immigrated to the States. I, I, I've traveled a lot within the States. Then my duty station uh, for the Army was in Germany. So I've traveled throughout Europe. And then I was in Afghanistan. And I consider myself an international because it's allowed me to see different countries, different cultures, different ways of being. And uh, it, it opened my eyes to 
to be more um, to have more empathy for people because the way I see it, it, it may not be the way that everybody sees uh, anything, and it's it's relative. So we need to be empathic. We need to be kind to other people because not everybody sees the world in the same way. And this is what traveling does to you. It opens your eyes to new possibilities. Mm. And the first thing, you know, I kind of got excited about hearing about all the places you've been, but I wanted to thank you for your service. Um, such thank a you. powerful thing. And yeah, I think there's, you know, there's no way to repay people who have served. Like, it's something that such a high honor to it. I think, you know, when you come back, it, it may be hard, but to, it's got to be so rewarding to see all these beautiful people that you've protected over time, you know, like seeing finally kind of coming back into society and just seeing like, you know, this is what you got to protect during that time. Like, you know, it's right. hard to say whether or not it would really be worth it or not. I think that's a whole different you know, that could be a whole different conversation in itself, but I do think, you know, there's there's always a spark in, in people's eyes, especially people who have served, like, um, you can just tell that, you know, they they hold a very special place in their hearts for the people that they've been able to protect, so. Right. It, it's true. It, it, it's, uh, there, there's so many things and so many things that, you understand when you're serving and then you understand them later on, like all the lessons. Uh, you get enough time to think after you are done with the deployment, when you're done serving, and then you begin to realize what you did, what you didn't do, what you could have done better. But uh, a lot of the growth that happens if you put things in the right context uh, it, it, it's so good. I mean, within within the the pain of war, because everybody suffers. The soldiers suffer. The, their families suffer. The people in the middle of war suffer. Uh, everybody's trying to do what they think is right, and then uh, sometimes you come home a little conflicted. What did I do? Did I do a good job? Did I serve? Uh, did I create a problem? And you come home conflicted and then it's a journey to put yourself together and to take all the little lessons from from your experience and uh i mean that's what living does uh every every time you decide to go out and, and live life uh not everything goes according to plan and then what you take out from what happened is is the lessons and you can choose to embrace them or or, or pretend that they never happen and and hide so Mm. And yeah, when I, when I came, I remember coming back. Uh, it wasn't uh, until a couple of years after I left the service that uh, that I wasn't feeling very well. Uh, friends uh, that really cared about me, who knew me, they began to tell me, Jean Piero, you don't smile like you used to. What happened? Uh, maybe you need to go talk to someone. And I heard it a couple of times, and then it's like, okay, there's a pattern here. Obviously, I don't feel well. People can see it. 
So I went to talk to a, a psychologist. And the psychologist just gave me the space for me to speak. And the more I spoke, the more I listened to myself, and the more I began to realize certain patterns. Some of the things that I would say were, wait a minute, I would, I would tell myself, that is not true, that is not fully true. Or, yes, that did happen to me, but I am not that same person anymore. And I began to reframe my life, and that allowed me to develop a sophisticated theory about life. And that's when I started to feel empowered to carry my life forward in spite of all the pain and suffering that I had witnessed on both sides. And uh, hence, I'm a huge proponent of conversations. People need to articulate what they're feeling inside to be able to allow for healing to happen. Yeah, and we, we kind of touched on that. Um, mm -hmm. So you guys know, me and Jean Piero here talked for an hour and a half before we started recording. Um, you know, just kind of a deep conversation about we touched on a lot of different things. I think it was so cool to just hear the depth of your perspective and see see the power of conversation alive in another person. You know, <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people would get bored. A lot of people would be like, well, really? We're just going to talk forever or kind of be annoyed. And, um, <laughs> you know, I genuinely felt a connection with you. I think it's important yes. to conversate and to enjoy somebody else's presence, to learn from the words that they're saying, to reflect and have gratitude on the memories that you have that are being brought up by the other person's words. Um, right. It's to enjoy life, well, you know, really, and to appreciate every moment. And to me, the most beautiful times of my life have, have always been within conversation. So I really appreciate you talking with me, and I wanted to definitely touch on that during our episode. But um, I think the big thing is, you know, you touched on... Man, there's so many things we can really touch on during this episode that I think are really interesting. But um, I think the biggest thing I'm curious about your experience <laughs> with your therapist. Because um, a lot of people, a lot of people are going into the situation fresh and don't really know what it's like to be mm -hmm. in a position where they're getting help. And I'm curious as to kind of your view on mm -hmm. what's helpful in therapy. Okay. Uh, well, one of the first things that uh, it's very important for therapy to work is uh, that you have to want to go there. You have to make the choice that okay, something is not optimal in my life. And there is a, there's this people called therapist and maybe they, they will be able to help me. So you have to go there willing to do the work because a therapist can either listen to you or will give you some tips, some pointers, some advice. But at the end of the day, the work still, still is yours to do. So... When I went there, uh, 
I'm a person who loves to talk, as you can uh, tell right now. And uh, when I felt safe that the therapist had my best interest in mind, that he was there and he just gave me the attention that I, that I was craving, he, he created the space for me to speak. Uh, I started talking more and talking more. So it is, yet, it, it is that space that is creator, created between the speaker and the listener that, that makes the therapy, uh, um, it gives you hope. It just creates a space for you to begin to work on yourself and to discover things about you. Have you ever had a thought that was so clever in your mind but the moment you spoke and left your mouth, you realize, okay, that is not so clever. That's not as smart and intelligent as it sounded in my head. And I think that is the purpose or one of the purposes of therapy. Creating the space for you to speak and recognize yourself where you are lying to yourself, perhaps, where you are uh, justify in your pain you're justified and you're telling the story as it happened and also uh, it allows you uh, the space for you to reframe the story because not often oftentimes we we focus so much on the pain and we we, we don't focus on the things that we learn from from the from the trauma for instance i saw a lot of things uh, in afghanistan that I, that i wish didn't happen or I wish I wouldn't have seen. I saw children get hurt and burned. And, and I would imagine my children, like I would like in this specific uh, situation, I saw three little kids severely burned because of an explosion. And my brain did something to me where I saw the faces of my three kids and the faces of these little children. And uh, that just, uh, that's something that I'll never be able to forget. And uh, be able to speak about it. And everybody has trauma. Everybody has, uh, has gone through horrible situations in life. And the moment you start talking about it and you start articulating, what I felt was sadness, what I felt was pain, what I felt was uh, guilt, and you begin to give these feelings a name, then you're better able to create a plan to know how to deal with it when they come and overwhelm you. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you touched on a few different points that I thought were interesting, but I mean, I think just the general the general amount of like willpower it must have taken to move through all those hardships like and it takes more than willpower. It takes a lot of focus, I would mm-hmm. say. And yes. I can't necessarily relate specifically because I've never been through that specific situation. Mm-hmm. But I know relating it in the sense of, like, I've been through other things that are hard and I've been through, like, traumatic things. Like, I can say that, like, the biggest thing for me is one, and we touched on this before, um, you know, before we started recording, but Mm -hmm. the biggest thing I would say is the ownership that we were talking about because as soon as it becomes your situation Mm -hmm. and the solution becomes your choice, 
that's when that's when the success mm-hmm. enters your reality. That's when you give it the option to become a reality. So Yes. You know, I think that was a good point that we touched on before mm-hmm. um the recording. And then during with what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. You uh, I I believe that part of that ownership is to make an assessment or uh an assessment of what's going on in your life at the moment. Uh I'll give you an example, one of the things that I was doing, and this this was happening without my wife knowing. I, I started drinking, and I would drink in such mm-hmm. a way that it that it was planned out. I would uh, I would go to school because I was going to school at the time. I would go to school, come home, and I would drink for a couple of hours, and then I knew okay enough. Now I can start getting sober, shave, take a shower, get ready, and then when my wife would come in the afternoon, she wouldn't, she didn't realize that I was doing this for about four months, but. I've read enough and I've educated myself enough to know that this solution, as much as it was sort of like a Band-Aid on a wound, uh, it wasn't optimal. It wasn't optimal. It wasn't sustainable. And I knew, okay, this cannot go on forever. And I made the decision to go talk to someone. And that's when the beginning started. The, the, the healing began to happen because I made the decision. I need, I need help. So I can find a long-term solution because my memories, my traumas will always be there. And all of us, some of us may not have gone to war, but some of us, uh, we're still hurting from, for example, divorce or separation of our parents, from moving from one state of life to another, from uh, illness, from injuries, from losing a limb, from sickness. And all these different changes are traumatic to a degree. And, uh, and there are solutions that are short-term, ta- short and there are solutions that we need to figure out that are optimal and better and long-term because, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't drink forever and I couldn't hide it from my wife for, forever because then I was leading, a, 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 as Thoreau says, a, a life of quiet desperation. And, uh, and we need to be honest with ourselves. That is the, that, that whole part of taking ownership. Yeah, and I feel, you know, it's so easy to turn to drinking. I struggled with drinking for a long time. I struggled with substances as well. And I think people just have that a part of their process at different points. But the thing that I notice with everybody that's in that situation is that they always are honest enough. I've never heard anybody really think that that's the right solution for them. I've never Mm -hmm. heard anybody say, like, this is the only thing that's going to help me. Right. You know, everybody kind of knows, like, this is a dead-end street, and I'm just kind of here for a momentary, you know, momentary relief Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I think it's always... It's good that people have a have a realization that, you know, there's mm-hmm. things that have substance to them and then there's things that don't. But yeah. sometimes that line gets blurred and you struggle for a little bit and 
you know, I think it's important to build healthy coping mechanisms like for short-term relief that you can use instead of drinking. Um, right. Drawing right. was a really good one for me. Did you did you come up with anything like that after you were done drinking? Uh, yes, uh, walking. Uh, walking was one of those things that helped a lot and also listening to audio content. I started to fill my mind with... Uh, with good content, uh, uh, TED Talks, uh, audiobooks, uh, motivational speeches. Um, in a way, I, I developed this idea. That there's a lot of, if you go on YouTube, you can type motivational speech or motivational uh, video. And there's a lot of speakers out there who, and they, it's, uh, it goes with a little bit of music. And you wake up in the morning, instead of thinking, oh, I'm such a loser, I'm broken, I am... Uh, uh, I, I should be doing more or whatever. You just start listening to something motivational while you shave, while you uh, brush your teeth, while you take a shower. Uh, and you begin to brainwash yourself a little bit. And by that, I mean not in a negative way, but just like begin to wash all that dirt, all that stuff that is in, there, in your mind that needs to go away. And you replace one train of thought for another. So listening to positive content in the mornings and then listening to smart content like TED Talks and audiobooks and lectures that are, you can find them for free on YouTube, uh, that made a difference in my daily routine. Mm. And the one we touched on before was Alan Watts, but do you have any, do you have any other favorite speakers? Alan Watts, for sure, uh, for philosophy. Then, uh, then some other more uh, contemporary uh, people like uh, E.T., uh, Eric Thomas. They call him the hip-hop preacher. Uh, he was mm. really, he's really good. Then uh, Les Brown. Um, oh, Les Brown's great. Oh, you got to yes. be hungry. You remember, you, you remember that one? You got to oh, be hungry? Yeah. You've got to be hungry. You have to be hungry. Oh, that's know? a great one. Yeah, yes, things did happen to you, but then there's all these other people around you who are depending or waiting because whatever you do will affect them uh, in a negative or a positive way. So you have to think, who else is counting on me? Because uh, I, many times when you're going through a depressed state, uh, it's easy to consider suicide, for example. And then you begin to consider, wait a minute, who will be impacted negatively the most around me? And it's like my kids, my ex-wife, my friends, my, uh, those people who look up to me, those people who saw uh, inspiration uh, at different points in my life. You know, like you, we've, we're not a constant. There have been times in our life when we've inspired other people people have seen our greatness in us and they uh they saw potential and then all of a sudden one day they just hear that oh look at that guy or that woman uh, they took away their life they, they committed suicide so then i began to develop this idea that i would cause more damage in the world if i committed suicide so then it became okay that's not an option what else what else do i need to do and then it it all turned to me. It's like, okay, time to do internal work. Time to talk to someone. Time to read books. Time to uh, 
and it's a it's a, it's a daily battle. It's not that I'm cured. You'll never be cured, especially when it comes to trauma. You can never undo. Uh, it's like it's like a mental scar. So some days I, I just don't want to get out of bed, and then it's like, okay, what are my routines? Okay, get up, go brush your teeth, go shave, go uh, listen to some content, and now get out of the house. Don't don't sit on the couch. Go to work or go go do something for someone else. And then your systems will allow you to to get going, as opposed to just uh, just fall apart. Because you could fall apart if you are if you don't uh, are mindful. Mm. There's I've heard so many different perspectives. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer and you can heal all the way. Um, it yes. blows my mind. It blows my mind that I used to be so limited. Mm -hmm. I used to struggle so much and, you know, especially with depression. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was diagnosed with depression at a young age and... Mm -hmm. I was put on, let's see, fluoxetine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really thought that I would heal from that situation. I thought, I pretty much thought I would always be depressed. Mm hmm And eventually, it evolved into, I don't want this anymore. And once I had, it was, Les Brown, you got to be hungry. Once I had that desire to say, once I had that desire to say, you know what, this isn't what I want, I did everything in my power. Once it really meant something to me, I did mm -hmm. everything in my power to remove the situation from my experience. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that all the time for everybody so i'm definitely yeah. i'm definitely open to different views and stuff and i like i like your take on it of like some days you gotta accept like hey today's a rough day what can <laughs> i do how how can i take a step to just enjoy my experience more just a little bit more than you know what i'm doing right now and right. you know that's the proper perspective that's going to get you through the perseverance the resilience um you know how i mean honestly how do you keep up with that like does it not get tiring over time like i'm sure because it's a completely different situation of like what you've gone through versus what i've gone through so i'm sure mm -hmm. you know it's uh, quite a bit honestly more challenging than well well, th this is the thing. It's like, call it what you may, you know, sadness, depression, PTSD, uh, trauma, um, anxiety. They have something in common. They don't feel good. So whatever happened to you at times, it just overwhelms you. And just like life could be like there, there has been days when there is food on the table. There's a roof over my head. My kids are healthy. My wife, my current relationship, my uh my wife today and my ex-wife, uh, they, 
we have a, I have a good relationship with people. Things are good. Things couldn't be better. And, that, and yet, I'm overwhelmed with sadness. So and you have to start making some decisions. Okay, uh, what do I do today? And it takes with movement. Uh, Tony Robbins, uh, you know, that motivational speaker, he says that uh, emotion comes from motion. So some days you're not going to feel like getting up. Yeah, you don't wait until you feel like it because you won't. You have to start moving. You have to take that up on your shoulders. Move, move, move in the direction of your dreams or of what you want. I, I've developed this, uh, this saying, this quote that is, this is, this is what it is. The light at the end of the tunnel, it's you. It's always been you. Because we all have this ideal. Some, sometimes we don't share it with other people, but we all have this ideal of who we wish we could be. So the more we become a little more like the person we wish we could be, the more we are able to move through the tunnels of life, through that darkness of life, and we're able to see light at the end of the tunnel. And the light shining at the other end is it's us. Is that us that we wish we could be? And that, that is the one the, you want to get out of the tunnel? Become a little more that ideal you. Mm. And- I, really, I really appreciate your perspective because the thing... The thing I notice when you speak, and especially about other people's perspective, is that instead of trying to fight other people's perspective and saying, like, oh, but that doesn't work for me, or oh, that only works some of the time, mm-hmm. um, you really take in what people are saying. You're, you, you kind of absorb what is happening around you like you identify like oh this person's coming from a positive place and if i'm able to work my perspective and how it works for me this might actually work for me yeah which is kind of some of the background that you need to succeed in the situation like um kind of not not fighting everything and learning how to just you know, flow, flow into enjoying by realizing that it's within your power. Yes, yes. And, and, and we need to remember that uh, oftentimes we, we think of us, we don't remember the good things we've done. We only remember the, the negative. And we think we're, uh, we see ourselves as a constant. Well, for the last few years, I've been, uh, I've been failing at everything. So this is who I am. And we don't remember the good, good things that we've done. And uh, we reach out to other people and we support other people. Uh, we're creating an, an army or a network of people who will also be there for us when we need them. Not everybody can be, not all of us can be strong. No one can be strong all the time. We go through ups and downs, ups and downs. And, uh, and when, you take a, when you take a view of the world that you could take two views of the world, nothing matters. You take the nihilistic view, nothing matters, so there's no point in life. Or you take the view of everything matters. And if I uplift someone today, maybe, just maybe, they'll be able to uplift, uh, uplift me tomorrow or next week or next month when I'm down. 
and it's uh, it's the whole idea of karma it's like the it's what you do that you create in, in the world so today you'll be there for others and tomorrow they'll be there for you mm. and that spreads love it spreads uh good karma spreads it, it's your doing you're building something every day with your actions yeah you you're there as a support system for somebody else uh i heard this quote that you know life is in life and uh, especially in relationships one day you get to be, one day you get to be the flower and the other people get to be the gardener and then some days they'll be the gardener and you get to be the flower and sometimes this this is why what, what i've learned about conversations and through therapy and having these genuine conversations like right now we stop seeking for solutions to our problems but we we begin to ask questions we begin to ask better questions and one of those questions is could you be there for me today could you just listen to me i don't need answers i just need I, there's an overwhelming feeling inside i don't know what it is would you be there for me while i realize what it is i don't need tips i don't need solutions i don't need you to fix me but I need to speak whatever, give, give these emotions and feelings a name, let them come out as opposed to letting them stay inside me and crush me. Mm. Yeah, it's all, man, the depth of compassion, especially the, the type of compassion when somebody just listens so powerful um, yeah and i wanted i wanted to go into action a little bit but i was just do you do you mind if we mention your diagnosis i wasn't really oh, clear no, about no. that before go, uh, no go ahead please uh, uh ptsd uh, yeah w what would you like to know about it? like uh, my diagnosis well i kind of wanted to touch more on therapy and how to approach that Okay. Like what? What is a mindset that? Well, we kind of touched on on mm -hmm. that already. I guess well, I'm kind of curious about what solutions you got from it and how it how it can be helpful to that, somebody who's never had it. The sol the solution I believe is that realize that you you are going to have to do a lot of intro introspective work. And some of that mm. introspective work sometimes will reveal some things as, for example, uh, I tend to dwell too much on what happened and I refuse to see the possibilities in my future. So mm. uh, uh, that, that is one thing. Another thing will be accepting the fact that there is nothing I can do to change the past what happened happened it was horrible and yet what do you do with it from this point forward for example uh when i was given the diagnosis of you have ptsd and uh then i started telling people well i have ptsd and that i use that as a way of justify sometimes even my inappropriate behavior when i lost my cool and i would snap at people well, I have PTSD. There's, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, 
and that may be the case to a degree, but then it's like, okay, so this is my diagnosis. Where do I go from here? Because I realized the more I told people I had PTSD and the more I identify with myself with the disease, because I was not at ease, that's why I call it a disease, uh, the more I identify with my diagnosis, the more I had to act it out to prove, yeah, it is PTSD, and people who have PTSD act this, act this way and act that way. And I was acting it out more, and I began to feel myself even sadder and depressed because uh, I, I, I needed to be consistent with my diagnosis. And we can change our perspective by accepting the fact that we do have the diagnosis and now use what do we know about diagnosis? What do we know? How have other people in my similar situation, how have they been able to overcome adversity as opposed to do, use the diagnosis to justify just being stuck? Does that make sense? Mm. And it's a very it's a very conscious approach to the situation. I think it's a lot of ownership and it's a lot of awareness and saying like, hey, I'm still like, you know, I might be in this situation where, you know, I have this disorder or whatever, but I'm still me and I still have a have a choice in how this is going to go and what I'm going to experience. Um, right, right. And, and as human beings, we're full of potential. So there's a lot of things. Even when we say, like, we don't know what we're capable of. Uh, under the circumstances, we can do amazing things. Uh, and uh, sometimes we, in spite of our diagnosis and our sicknesses, we can still do a lot. I heard one time a quote that says, you can never be too broke to give. And you can never be too sick to help other people heal. So one of the people that, uh, that I like to, it's a, it's a fictitious character, but in Star Wars, you see Yoda, you know, a little man who it's old and has a limp, but he's full of wisdom. And yet he's one of the most powerful uh, characters in, in, in the movie. And uh, he's, you would call him a broken healer. He has a cane. He had, he's short, he's little, he's green, he's different. And yet, he's one of the most powerful characters in there. You can never be too old, too broke, too sick to do the opposite for other people. Well, and sometimes I think the best thing is if, if all you can give is a hug, sometimes that might just be the best thing for you. 100%. And the best thing for the other person. It's not necessarily... We complicate giving. We act like it's this huge situation where there's complex nature and explaining our true understandings of certain situations and whatever. And then for all that to be communicated in a simple gesture of just giving somebody a hug, is so interesting to me because it's kind of back to the listening thing where it's like, mm -hmm. you already knew the answer. You already yeah. knew in your mind what you needed to hear, what was going on with you, and how it was going to work out if you took certain actions. And mm -hmm. sometimes you just need somebody there for you to say, I'm just getting started. 
I'm yeah. just I'm in the beginning of this path, and that's it. And I've had a lot of experiences with that, and recently I've struggled with a lot of deep things that put me in the position I've never been in before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it was hard for me to understand the end, mm-hmm. kind of the end goal for myself, because I couldn't, my vision was blurry. I couldn't envision, like, where, how I was going to get out of, um, I guess to simply put, like, the negativity or, like, the quicksand that I was in. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a couple of friends about it, And finally, I kind of just realized that, like, you know, if I'm just simple, simple with my solution at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. like, it was like I kind of just needed to give myself a hug. Like, I kind of just needed to do some self-love and tell myself, like, you know what, like, you're still enough. Like, you're okay. And that was the other thing I wanted to touch on with with you was a little bit of self-love and how how it's important to um create like rituals for self-love like for yourself i know we talked about it with um you listening to like motivational speeches Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but how does that really turn into um how does that really turn into success for you like what you know how like was the framework of how that goes from a simple action into um you being in a better place and you being happier again okay uh, i i believe that more more times than not we will do more for other people than we would do for ourselves we have not been taught or we have not learned to give ourselves compassion, to give ourselves kindness, to give ourselves love. It's easier. We get the concept. Oh, other people out there, if we see a, if we see a little kid hurting, we will do anything to, to, to protect that kid. If we see an accident, we don't think, we don't start thinking, well, uh, are they part of my social group or do I know them? If you see a car accident, if you can, you're going to, Spring into action and you're going to do whatever you can to help other people. But we don't recognize that with us. We don't spring into action and just give us those little things. Like we just telling ourselves this, you are enough. You are going to make it. You're lovable. You're worthy. You are all these different things that very easily we can tell to other people. We don't do that to ourselves. And I think it begins with us. We always talk about how important relationships are. But we seldom uh, articulate the relationship that we have with ourselves. I think it, it starts with us. Yeah, the, I have this idea of uh, imagine you're a pitcher full of water and you're all constantly giving water to people. At some point, your pitcher is going to run empty. So you need to remember that your pitcher also needs to be consistently being filled. And sometimes that feeling will come from you by telling yourself all those wonderful things that you would tell somebody else. Give, show compassion to yourself. Show positivity to yourself. 
this is what I, I talked about earlier, listening early in the morning to motivational stuff, because we don't realize the scripts that we follow, that we repeat constantly. Why does this always happen to me? I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I'm so short. I'm not good looking. I'm getting old. I'm too skinny. I'm too fat. And I mean, somebody says that to your best friend or your parents, you would be like, get away from here. Don't be mean. But we're so mean to ourselves sometimes, and we need to be compassionate to ourselves. Does that sort of answer the question? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's interesting how it changes. Our perspective changes when it comes to, because it's so easily, you know, when somebody says something to somebody else, you don't get offended. Like, you don't get offended for people, so why would you be offended yourself? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, like, definitely an interesting thing that, um, and some people may get offended. I'm not, I'm not sure, really. I'm just, at least with myself, that's what I've always noticed. Um, yeah, th there's a book that comes to mind right now. It's called The Four Agreements. I don't know if you ever heard uh, of it. Oh, I've read it. Okay. So yeah. one, one of the four agreements is uh, don't, take, don't take anything personal, even if it's a compliment. Because whatever people are telling you is, is their perspective. So take it uh, with a grain of salt. Be grateful. But it, whether it's a compliment or an insult, don't take it too personal. What matters here is what do you think about you? Because that's the one thing that you can control. And you should work on, because we don't always see the goodness that is within, within us. So we need to work mm. to discover that, to see that. Sometimes we're blind to it. We're, we have these blind spots. And those blind spots are the, the ones that we need to realize, I'm not kind to myself enough. I'm not lovable to myself enough. I don't see the goodness. I mean, you know, like uh, I, I can think of dating, for example. And the one thing that comes to mind is like, if you're not in a relationship, would you date you? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Such a powerful question. Right. <laughs> it, it is. And, and if you wouldn't, then, okay, it's time for you to go do some work. And this is the scary thing about therapy is that it will unveil all the different things that you need to start doing, all the work that you need to do to discover that there is more to you than just a broken body, uh, a broken health, uh, uh, the surface. There is so much more to you, to each one of us, than just the surface. And we focus on the surface, and this is why we suffer. We suffer because we're trying to be something we're not anymore, or we cannot be. But I think all, every one of us was born with a, with a competence competency or uh, in the Christian world they call them gifts everybody was born with a gift everybody was born with a competency so discover that discover what that is for me is talking to people and I, I, I've realized that I need to polish it and I need to work on it because what else can I do how many people can I touch how much can I my the inner self of me uh, once I begin to discover how to talk to me, how to talk to others. So, and everyone has one of them. maybe multiple gifts or competencies. So focus on that instead of the things that 
you can you cannot change. You will not be young forever. You will not be strong forever. You will not have the same health you will have forever. So if you identify yourself with that one thing that will perish and, and die, uh, you're going to suffer. There's a quote that comes to me. I think it was uh, Socrates who said, uh, if you don't get what you want, you suffer. And even if you get exactly what you want, you still suffer because you know that it's not going to last forever. It's a part of a kind of like acceptance thing. I think you even, have to, mm-hmm. even life, you have to accept. You have to accept it on its terms. There's no, your terms don't really come into the picture until you learn to actually accept life on its terms. Right. Like, that right. comes first before before your terms even really enter the picture. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, the power, the power of conversation, though, kind of relates to that in the sense that we were talking about the power of conversation before the recording and kind of talking about ripple effects and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's the main, um, you know, for the audience, that's our main focus here at MFIS Plus is the create a ripple of positivity and compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jean Piero has a very similar focus. And, you know, I think as far as like creating that ripple in conversation, um, it definitely relates to accepting life on life's terms um, in the sense of, like, people, you know, you can misinterpret what people say. Yes. Um, you can misinterpret a situation without any words. Mm-hmm. And even even the most positive solutions that get presented to you words or or not words can get confused yes and i think that's the biggest thing of like accepting life on life's terms is like everybody's gonna hear you know they do a test um can't remember what show i saw it on but they do a test where everybody stands in a line and then this guy has to pass along a message and he passes it along throughout all the students. And then at the end, they see if the message is still the same from the beginning. Everybody's going to interpret that differently. And no matter who you are, you have to accept that. You have to accept, like, I might hear this the wrong way just because of my experience, who I am, how I carry myself, all of those <laughs> things. And that's something that you can't, you know, you could probably focus on it and learn to control it, but a lot of people, majority of people are not in a position where, you know, they do very well with that in the beginning. So yep. the big the big focus on acceptance at first is very freeing because once you accept that, you're able to move forward from it. Um, yes. One, one of the things that came to mind right now is I heard one time... Uh, the concept of when someone does something that hurts you, assume 
ignorance before you assume evil intent. Exactly. Because yeah, I'm we, huge on that. Yeah, it's it, it, and it, it's a good way of, at looking at the world because oftentimes we look at we judge other people by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intent. And we need hmm. to give we need to give that grace. We need to give that uh, uh, what do you call it that, that compassion to other people. They're they're learning as they go. And probably they did not mean what they did. I'm not saying that that is in every case, but in most cases, I believe that people are just trying to figure out how to do something, how to live, how to act. Sometimes we're socially awkward. Uh, and we say things without evil intent, and we, it just lands wrong on someone else. And this is why it's important, like in that book uh, that I mentioned earlier, uh, The Four Agreements, is uh, don't take anything personal. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, I don't really, I don't really believe in, like, a true evil. Right. Um, so, in that sense, like, I don't, I don't believe people when they're like, I'm angry, and they're stomping around and cursing mm -hmm. and saying all this stuff to people. I don't even believe them. They're not mad. There's something completely else going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> they perceive this situation as... They thought it was going to be this way. It went the other way. Yeah. They weren't able to accept that situation and everything built up to this point and their body is just communicating it. And it's, yeah. not, e it's not even them. They're not even actually mad. Mm -hmm. It's just this like pressure that built up that like needed to be communicated because... That was how they kind of set themselves up. So I think, you know, people all the time demonize and look at people and say, you know, well, you treated me this way and it's completely his fault. And, you know, mm -hmm. I don't I don't believe in true evil. I think it's kind of a disorder. Um, you know, mm -hmm. people misperceive the situation it, and that's why like when you don't take things personally you're able to take a step back you can kind of see the bigger picture of that situation and realize like okay this person didn't get what they wanted or this person um i mean honestly that's simply it at the end of the day you could complicate mm -hmm. it but really people just don't get what they want and then right. they react a certain way and that's okay, like, that they struggle in that sense. Obviously, it's not fun to be on the receiving end. But I think if people could have more of that understanding and respond more compassionately, we would move forward in such a powerful way. Because when you're able to respond to negativity with compassion um, and treat the situation and go, you know, what can I do to help? What's yeah. wrong here? And not all the time. Sometimes the situation needs to be diffused. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you need to stop a situation. Um, you know, I've been in situations where, you know, somebody was trying to fight me. And mm -hmm. I had to grab them and say, like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to fight you. I just I don't understand. Like, please don't hit me. 
Yeah. And that's that's kind of where I left it. it. Was like, hey, you know, I understand you're frustrated, but like, you don't have to hit me and just kind of defuse the situation and move on. Um, yeah. If more people could control their response, they're gonna realize too that that saves them. Because mm-hmm. also, but what we were talking about before the recording was like how. Um, Getting angry is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yes, yes, that is. I, I've heard that quote before and I like it. I like it a lot because that's what anger does. It ultimately, every time we're angry or every time we speak ill of another person, we're hurting ourselves. We are hurting ourselves. And to touch on something that you said earlier, uh, we find less than optimal solutions to something that is going on inside of us. And sometimes we explode and we react in negative ways. And uh, I believe that whenever there's a problem, the problem, the manifestation of the problem is never the problem. It's always like deep in, it's always something else. Uh, And this is why you need to, it's important to take the time to talk to people. Yeah, and for us to speak also, because let's say that we react, we snap at someone, we, we go to the store, we, we don't treat uh, the customer service people kindly. And it's not because yeah. we really wanted to hurt them. It's just maybe they're sick. Maybe something is going on in their personal life. These people who snapped. Uh, and, and it's usually something else. The problem is never the problem. But, of course, then it would take other people to, to show real empathy to that person and say, I don't know, reach out in some way and say, how can I be here for you? I know you're angry right now, but there has to be something else that is bugging you. And I know that that's not how it works, but the solution needs to, be, needs to come way before that moment when the person snapped. People need to be mm. feel safe that they can go to a place where they can, like right now, have a conversation. And we've already show each other enough, uh, enough kindness that we know that I know you're not judging me, and I know I, I'm not judging you, and we're just speaking from the heart. And uh, we've created the space that was not there before, and we're talking and. Uh, as, as we're speaking and as people are listening, I think healing is happening and we don't, e- we don't even realize it uh, because oftentimes we need that place to discharge all this pain. Let's call it pain. And if we don't do it properly, uh, somebody will suffer the, the end of that uh, when we snap at the wrong place at the wrong time. The, there's this uh, doctor, his name is, uh, he passed away already, but he was, uh, uh, he stopped rehabil- uh, he taught rehabilitation medicine, or he was a professor in a university. His name was John E. Sarno. And he talked about that all pain is just internalized rage. And he taught his patients how to deal with that that rage that they had inside and once he be, helped them understand that the pain that his patients were having in the joints in the back in 
lower back, in the legs, for, the most, for most of the patients went away because this pain needs to find an outlet. And if it's not in your own physical manifestation, your own body, uh, you will find a victim. You will find somebody and somebody will be at the receiving end of that rage. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's always, I mean, I believe there's a science to it. You know, maybe one day we can map it all out and figure it out. But I think, you know, really comes down to two things of like, um, you know, if you, when you communicate with people, mm -hmm. you're getting compassion and it tells you, okay, maybe I am worthy. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, maybe I could love myself. Maybe I can succeed. That's what that's what happens when somebody shows you compassion. It hits you on a different angle when you're open to it. When you allow yourself to just kind of see, like, is this person coming from a real place? And when I've had friends that are coming from a real place that tell me something and make me realize, like, you know what, I am worth it. Mm -hmm. And it. It, it just hits you at a different point and it brings you to a point where you know you can find success. And yes. that's the power of communication is once in a situation where you're blind, mm -hmm. you know, and you feel like, you know, everything's lost and somebody comes along and says that right thing. And the yeah. other thing is like, as much as people... You know, some people have a hard time communicating and they have a hard time with their perspective and other people. But mm -hmm. I've never met anybody that, like, lives in rage or lives in anger, really. Like, um, even everybody that I've met, they could, they could be a person that has a hard time with everybody and is, mm -hmm. you know, kind of snippy with everybody or whatever, but they always have one person that they like. And I don't yeah. know why that is. <laughs> There's always one person that they see them and they're like, they're so sweet and so kind. And um, I just find that really interesting because I have met people where I was like, does this person really like anybody or are they just going to act like this all the time? And then uh -huh. you see the one person they like and they light up and you're like, well, how come, you know, you always wonder, like, how come it's not like that with everybody or X, Y, and Z? But I just think it's such an interesting thing where, you know, even even people that are the worst off in the situation, there's always some way to get to them. Yeah. And I think it just kind of shows the nature of our being, like who we are as people. It just mm -hmm. shows that, like, you know, everybody within them has a space where they want to enjoy. Everybody within them has a space where they can say that they're strong enough to move past their issues, or if they can't move past them, move with them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think that was the big thing you were talking about um, before the recording was like um, not being able to heal and yeah. how that how that's a reality for some people 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a lot, you know, a lot of people do talk about healing, but a lot of people don't talk about not being able to heal because I believe it is different for everybody. It is. It, it is. So what's I'm... like, what's your experience with like, were you in a frustration with yourself, like trying to heal? And this is how you've discovered that you need to be like softer with yourself. Well, for or... a time, for a time, I just, uh, I accepted my diagnosis. I accepted it wasn't just, it wasn't just, uh, it, part of it was the, the PTSD Part of it was sleeping problems that I developed. Uh, I had sleep apnea. I had uh, uh, m- my back got, uh, you know, wear and tear. I, I had some discs in my back, back that were causing me pain. I had hip surgery. So all these things, like, I, not only did I feel that I wasn't, uh, I've always had difficulty learning. So on top of that, belief that I had that I'm not smart enough now I added this other belief that and not only do I not learn easily and I have a difficult time learning now I'm broken physically so then I, I took this new persona this new identity you know the word for persona uh, the meaning for persona is a mask so I uh, I took this new identity I guess I'm broken this is who I am from now on and and of course, the, 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 there was no room for something else until I began to there has to be, or I began to ask myself, there has to be a, a different way because I don't want to live like this forever. And then uh, I discovered through therapy that there was something for me to do. And some of that work is challenging your ideas, challenging your views of how you see you how you see the world and uh, start considering possibilities. Could I learn a little bit? Could I, uh, could I find ways not to identify myself with the pain? Could I identify ways of not identifying myself with being broken? And then I, little by little, I started to listen to more audiobooks and I began to share stories with people of the things that I was learning. And then people started, started saying, wow, Jean-Piero, you're, you're very smart. You, you know this and you remember this and you remember that. And I began to adopt a new identity. Whoa, okay, I am kind of clever. I am kind of smart and I'm loving and I'm lovable. And I, I began to rediscover things about me, some of them that I knew from when I was a child and some that were completely new to me. And finding me and finding and still sometimes a a challenge to love myself and to see myself in the mirror as a man I wish I could be as opposed to the insufficient man that at some point I decided I was. It never completely goes away. It's a daily decision, a struggle. And uh, part of the therapy is you doing the work to redefine, to rediscover, to redefine who you are, who you want to be. And that's why, you know, I could tell in your first message to me, it was going to be an interesting episode because you turned your struggle into an asset. Mm -hmm. And not too many people learn how to do that. But once, once you learn how to do that, you're free. 
Yes. You know, you may still you may still have the issue. It may still be hard some days. You may not ever heal from the situation, but at least mm-hmm. you're free. Right. Uh- and that's a little bit of hope that people can take with them through the situation. And, you know, even when you think there's not another side, you know, healing, healing isn't the only other side to the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's many, there's many sides to it. So I think, yeah, you know, the I'm... more positive you can be, um, and the more creative you are to see what outlets that you have in the situation, the better off you're going to be. Yes, yes, you are. And w- one of the things that I've learned uh, that I learned is that uh, there's two sides or two parts to learning. I'm sure there's a lot more, but the two that s- stand out to me is that just because you know something doesn't mean you understand it. So first you learn the concept. You learn, you learn the, uh, yeah, the concept or the, the theory. And just because you know it, just because you know, you know a story doesn't mean you understand the story or the wisdom behind it. The wisdom has to be earned. So then you say, I believe in, believe in myself. Okay, go act it out. Go believe in yourself. I believe in being kind to others. Wonderful. Go be kind to others. I believe in uh, uh, working out regularly. Wonderful. I'm glad you believe that. Go work out. And you act it out. And that's when you really discover you put your theories to the test. And then you begin to embody them and, and manifest the, the results of somebody who not only believes in something, but uh, actually... Uh, has earned the right to say, through my daily practices, I've discovered something because not only do I know it, the theory, but I apply it. You practiced it. Yes. That's what makes it, you know. Yes. Practice yes. is progress and progress is perfection. And, mm-hmm. you know, it evolves slowly. But um, what... Like speaking on that specifically, mm-hmm. like what what kept presenting itself to you as something that was more like reassuring as a solution throughout time? It's like in regards to like your PTSD specifically, like what kept coming up as like, man, this is really something for me that is helping me get through this. Hmm. I'm not sure I understand the question. Ask me again. I'm just trying to understand. Uh... Oh, okay. Yeah, no worries. Um, like, what is something, because we were talking about the wisdom of certain things, like, presenting itself to you. Like, you might not fully understand the wisdom behind it. Mm-hmm. And, uh... like... So what's something that kept, like, reoccurring as, like, coming back to you is, like, this is correct or this is wisdom that works for me? Uh, th- there's a word that uh, uh, belief or faith, you know, people use uh, those, those two words, belief or faith. And uh, there are no guarantees. Uh, you're never going to know the outcome completely. 
Uh, and this is why it takes belief or faith that if you follow a recipe, you're going to get the dish. And uh, mm. there are no guarantees. Uh, people talk about uh, unconditional love. That means no conditions. And that's the, way, the same way it is with all these people out there trying to help you, the doctors, the therapists, your family. They're all just waiting, saying, I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you. And uh, just knowing that no one can promise you anything. No one can, uh, no one can tell you that it's going to work the way you, say, you think it's going to work out. So because there are no guarantees, you just have to go out there without conditions and conditionally and do the best you can. And then you begin to see, oh my gosh, I'm beginning to feel better. I'm beginning to sound a little smarter. I'm beginning to love other people. I'm, I'm beginning to keep my promises. That is something big for me. It's that uh, I learned that in order to develop self-trust, I needed to make promises and keep promises. And that started with me. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to go for a walk. All right. Hey, I went for a walk. Wonderful. Check mark. I did something good. And I, life is like an experiment. It's like all this trial and error. Yeah, no guarantees. You just have to be like somebody's throwing you a rope. And they're saying that if you hold on to the rope, you're not going to fall any deeper. And it's like, okay, faith, belief. I just have to. I mean, what, what's, what's the alternative? Uh, wither and die and then I'm not good to anyone like that especially my kids there was one thing that I guess uh, looking at my kids and within my feeling broken and feeling insufficient I was always finding a way to and my wife too my current wife how can I make their life better within my limitations and that gave me a little bit of hope and then the work, the work that I had to do to be able to progress every day, even if it was 1%. And then it adds up, it compound, you know, compound interest, right? And it mm. keeps adding, it keeps adding up. And then all of a sudden people start, like I started having conversations with people and then people started buying me coffee and dinner. And it's like, hey, can I talk to you? Can, I, can, can we keep talking, having this conversation? I'll buy you lunch. Okay, great. And I'm like, obviously, I must be saying something interesting here. And there's some value in me listening to with people. And I began to realize that there was so much more to me than I originally thought there was. Mm. Yeah, we're deep. We're not, we're not simple people. We don't just act without thinking. And there's always a whole other angle to it. And... You know, we really, we really go into depth on things that we don't, you know, we might think something is simple action, like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, buy the kids a present today. And you're thinking, mm -hmm. I just wanted to buy them a present, but it was deeper than that. You know, you really wanted to show them you appreciate them and, you know, there's probably a reason why and, um, mm -hmm. You know, at least that's the case for me. I've noticed in situations, like, I look back, and I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I, you know, I used to, I used to act so silly. And I remember mm -hmm. one, one situation specifically in middle school. Um, I went to school one day. There was some event at school 
where we had to like dress up as like I don't know if it was Halloween or what it was. We just had to dress up in a costume, and mm-hmm. I went to school dressed up as Steve Urkel. Mm. <laughs> and I remember after that event, a few days later, I went to school again dressed as Steve Urkel when nobody else had a costume. <laughs> and I I was looking back the other day and I was thinking about that situation. I was like, why did I do that? And I was like, honestly, I just wanted people to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I like the attention. Like, I know people were laughing. Some people were just laughing, and some people were laughing at me. Yeah. But still, I liked I liked the fact that I was making people laugh. I didn't yeah. really care if it was at me or not. Um, and mm-hmm. that was in middle school, and I think that's just such a powerful, such a powerful example of, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, we think we do things on such a simple level and kind of unconsciously and it's just for fun, but mm-hmm. really it means so much more. So um, I think that there's something beautiful at, be, at being a, a child and there's a difference between being a child and being childish. But when you're, mm. when, you, when you're a child, uh, the sky is the limit and there's no shame. You just do stuff and you're not questioning yourself, what will others think of me? What will others think of me if I do this? And then you begin to form a life of doing things to make other people happy, to approve of you. And the main concern one should have is like, do I, do I, do I approve me? Do I like me? Do I love me? But we, leave, we, we create this... Uh, routines is uh what do you call it we condition ourselves day after day after day doing things to please others but when we were children we would just do goofy things and we we saw a smile on people's face and just like yes great we did it you know it's happy but uh we were not as concerned as we are as adults of people's judgments we just did what felt right at the time and uh is the the one thing about children that it's beautiful and and young people too it's uh the sky's the limit the potential is it's limitless and this is why kids and young kids young people are adorable because they have so much potential but there 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 has there's there's a time in your life when you just have to narrow down that uh, broad possibility of things that you could be and do something, you know, that develop some uh, work on your proficiencies, work on your uh, talents, and then become a gift to the world as opposed to, well, today I could do this and tomorrow I could do that. There's a saying that says, uh, if you hit an oak tree a thousand times in several places, you will never bring it down. But if you hit an oak tree, a, a oak tree, tree a thousand times in the same place, you will knock it down. And there comes a time in your life where you have to focus. What do I want? Okay, I'm going to focus all my focus into this. And then you get what you want. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to dream a little. I'm going to open that potential again and dream. And then what else do I want? Okay, then narrow down that. And it's just a sequence of broadening the potentiality and then 
zooming, zooming into something. And then life is like that. But if you stay, you, as you get older, you just stay in all potential and you're not cute anymore. And, and, and you're probably not going to be a contribution to, to the whole. Does that make sense? No, I understand that. Yeah. That makes so, sense. So, yeah. And we have to remember that who are we doing, whatever we're doing, who are we trying to please? And the answer better, I, I know on the surface it sounds selfish. I want to please myself. But isn't that loving ourselves, accepting ourselves? If, if I'm okay with me, then that's all I need right now. But of course, always being honest with ourselves. Okay, could I? And there's always an inner voice that tells us there's a little bit more that we could have done today. Okay, great. I'll, I'll strive for a little bit more tomorrow. The worst, the worst advice I believe that somebody can give you is you're okay the way you are. You're fine. Because deep inside, everybody knows, no, there are some aspirations I have. I could have yeah, done a little our, better. I think our purpose is to grow. Yes. <laughs> if if you you're know, not... we really, we mm -hmm. really strive for that. Like, I don't, I don't think we ever sit and do nothing. I don't even right. think that's like really possible for a person. You're always going to the next thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I it's mean, always look, trying to move forward. Look, look at what happens to water. If water gets stagnant, it, it goes bad. It gets, uh, it's not pure anymore. Water needs mm. to be con consistently flowing, and I think that's also with us. If we're not consistently flowing, uh, we feel stuck. And then we lose our purity and we lose our desire to contribute. We lose our desire to, to do a little something for others. And yeah, we should always be consistently flowing and, uh, and striving for just a little more. It doesn't have to be something huge. Uh, just because we, we cannot do big things, uh, we're, we, we come down hard on ourselves. Well, I cannot do that. Okay, what about just like 2% today? Try to do 2% of something you couldn't do before. And improvement adds up really quickly. And that's how I've mm -hmm. seen all the work that I've been doing on myself, listening to the audiobooks, all the positive thinking, uh, talking to other people. Uh, Sometimes just asking people, hey, if all you need from me is to listen, I'm, here I am. And then listen, when I'm listening to other people's sadness and I'm listening to their stories, I also recognize some of that in myself because we're all, we're all in this together. We're not the only ones who suffer. We think we're all alone in this world and nobody, and nobody will ever understand what we're going through. And then when you listen to somebody's story, you're like, oh my gosh, me too. I've gone through that. I not exactly the yeah. same, but in a nutshell, in essence, uh, I feel you. <laughs> and uh, we're all struggling in this world together, and we don't realize we we could be in a room full of people and feel completely alone. Yep, it's definitely yeah. an interesting mm -hmm. situation in life that we find ourselves in. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many, there's so many variables. I just, 
you know, I think at the end of the day, if you can just relax your mind and learn to be at peace and listen for the next step, mm-hmm. if you can just listen for the next step and just ask yourself, like, what's the next thing I need to do? You yeah. Know, how can how can I move forward here? You start to map that out. You start to see why well, I can do this, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then it's no longer a job. It's yep. no longer a mission that you have to complete. It becomes a process that you enjoy. Correct. And that's where the real magic happens is when the next step isn't work. The next step isn't the mission. The next step is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, that's where I find the magic, at least. I used to... I remember I worked at a car dealership for a little bit. And when I was working there, um, you know, some days it was hard to go to work. But eventually, over time... And that was mainly, like, insomnia, why it was hard to work for a little bit. But, mm-hmm. um, like, over time, I really learned to love that job. And, like, I enjoyed going to work every day. And, like, I remember it didn't even feel like work. It was just, like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I couldn't believe they were paying me to do that. like honestly it felt like robbery i was like i just drive cars all day are you serious (laughs) and they were like yep and i was like i guess if you're gonna pay me for that like if that's what you want (laughs) to do and you know that's that's the goal really is if you can get in situations like that with yourself whether it's through perspective or through you know, setting yourself up in the right way. Um, mm-hmm. That's the true key to the situation, so. Yeah. Um, find, uh, find joy, and more, more than joy, find a significance in life. And yep. that, that is found out there. It cannot be found while we're hiding. You see, uh, oftentimes we, uh, and this is something that I, that I, that I continually try to work on. Uh, I don't want to fail. I don't want to look like a loser sometimes. You know, I attempt something and I, I couldn't accomplish it. But if you want a life where you don't fail at all, then you'll find yourself hiding. And yeah. you need to give permission. Give yourself permission to fail. Go out there. Every day is not going to work out the way you want to. But there is always a possibility for growth and improvement, even if it's just a tiny little bit. And this is why it's so important to keep a diary, to keep a log, to keep, keep something where you can measure progress. Uh, there's a saying that says that uh, if, you, if you cannot measure it, it doesn't exist. There are some days that I get overwhelmed with negative emotion. And I made a list. Okay, I'm going to do this at this time. I'm going to do that and do that. And then I do all the things that I wanted to do. And I still feel like a failure. And then I look at my list. I'm like, this and I did that and I did that. Like, I did everything I said I was going to do. So that's when we need to be compassionate to ourselves and give, give give ourselves those wins, those victories. And be kind to ourselves. 
Yeah. Measure what you do. Uh, yeah, and love yourself. Give yourself that victory. Definitely. Well, sadly, we are out of time. Thank you all for tuning in. A big thanks to our special guests for joining us. I'm going to throw um, all your links in the description of absolutely um, the episode. Yeah. So, everybody, if you want to check out his links, it's in the description. Mm-hmm. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at MFIS+. Also, check out our Discord community. There's a ton of features. You can chat. You can listen to music with people. You can listen to podcasts with people. Um, you can find guests for shows. You can find people who want to collaborate for shows. We're a new community, so we're trying to get it take off. Um, you can also find a link to our Google Drive on our Discord server, so you can download our episodes. And stay tuned for updates on our newest episodes. And remember, communication cultivates clarity. Wow. I love that. Thank you.